Do you ever find yourself confused when it comes to health and fitness? Have you been searching relentlessly on the most effective ways to achieve your fitness-related goals, only to find yourself even more frustrated? Well, we've got you covered. It's time to learn from the best, shorten your learning curve, and truly understand how to achieve your goals without spinning your wheels and wasting precious time. Welcome to the Minimum Effective Dose Podcast. Welcome back to the Minimum Effective Dose Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Mike Perry, and I'm here with Brett Jones. Brett, what's going on, bud? Uh, I actually a pretty day in Pittsburgh, uh, which we don't get too many of. So we're gonna we're gonna enjoy that, and then tomorrow we're back to normal with a bunch of rain. So uh, yeah, you know, just uh, uh, I had a client of mine one time that uh, he he took some surfing lessons in uh, in Hawaii, and. Uh, the the instructor was you know he was asking some questions and and his a couple other people in the group were asking questions and this this instructor was just like hang on we're just riding the waves man like you, you guys are overthinking this just riding the waves and i and i think that uh you know we we could all do a little bit better of accepting that uh life is just riding the waves sometimes you're on top sometimes you're not but just ride the waves. You know what anyway, that reminds me of? Wolf. What's movie that? quote. Movie quote. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Paul Rudd when he's the surf instructor. You've never seen that? I'm I've seen it, but it's been eons. I'm not pulling this one up. He's the uh he's the uh he's the surf instructor at and forgetting Sarah Marshall. And he's like, uh, my name's Hunu. And he's like just like kind of laid back. He's like, do more, but do less, man. Do more, but do less. <laughs> And like, he just has these like stoner one-liners. It's pretty good. But uh, there you go. Paul Rudd is a, is a surf instructor in Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which um, did I ever tell you the story about Forgetting Sarah Marshall? The first, like the, actually the second, maybe the first time I saw it. So the, the intro, if I haven't told the story before, I'm going to tell it right now. It's hysterical. So the intro of the movie is, what's that guy's name? Jason, is it Siegel or Seagal? Yeah. He was in the first, the literally the opening scene is him butt naked full frontal like everything and i don't know if mandy and i were married at the time or maybe engaged or married dating so uh maybe dating so we're, we're like hey let's watch this movie with her parents so i'm sitting here and we're like watching this movie forgetting sarah marshall and the opening scene is this butt naked dude with just showing the world what he's uh you know, bring into the table. And I was like, so embarrassed. I was like, oh my gosh, this is the worst thing ever. <laughs> so anyways, uh, there's my story about, you know, being absolutely mortified about that experience. But anyways, we're not here to talk about that because that would be a very, very odd podcast. But what we are going to talk about is, is kind of the minimum effective dose of, of strength training and how to get um, the most results in the best way possible. And we're going to talk about some of the stuff that we're doing um, because I'm definitely in a, uh, a minimalistic stage with my training, especially with the amount of jujitsu that I'm doing and the amount of yard work that I'm doing because it is the spring. And Brett, um, Brett has always kind of done minimalistic training, right, Brett? Pretty much. That's been uh, bread and butter. Um, really, um, I mean, probably back to 2000, 2001, when uh, I first got exposed to Pavel's uh, materials. And, and, you know, I had a person that worked for me and come back and, and see me. And, and we, we were friends as well. 
And he's, you got to check out this guy named Pavel and, you know, get this book power to the people. I'm like, okay. So I ordered it. And, um, you know, power of the people was one of those books. that was like a smack in the face. Like mm-hmm. it was anti-bodybuilding. It was definitely minimalist. Two exercises, deadlift and side press. What are you, what are you talking about? That's all I need to do. Um, so yeah, really, you know, I, I've been through, I've been the one set to failure hit Jedi. I've been the functional training guy. I've been the body weight only guy. I've been, I've been all kinds of the, if you can pick a kind of trainer that people try to, uh, niche, niche themselves as, um, I've probably done that. And so that was kind of a smack in the face that, uh, the, and I'm sitting here in the back of my head thinking, uh, you know, do more, but do less. Um, (laughs) you can do more by doing less. And, uh, that's minimalism in a nutshell help. I'm in a nutshell. Absolutely. No. And, uh, you know, I think it really has to do with your goals. And I, I honestly believe that when it comes to minimalistic training, if you are new to training, minimalistic training is not a good idea. Um, because you don't know what you don't know. You can't be minimalist if you don't have any clue what you're doing to begin with. So I would actually say, um, you know, minimalistic training is for people that have a decent, um, knowledge of, of how to train correctly and, and how to understand load and rest and, and density or whatever they're doing. But if you're going to do something that's very, very simple and you want results, you have to be a little bit more granular with the way that you attack that. Because, um, you know, if you think that you're just going to do bicep curls and minivan walks and, you know, do an AMRAP of that for 20 minutes. Uh, not a whole heck of a lot is going to happen. So um, l- l- let me give you my approach on uh, on minimalistic training, especially when I'm, I'm, I'm hopping in the world of jujitsu more and uh, just doing a lot of stuff that's taxing on my body. Um, I usually pick two lifts a day and I do five sets. And usually it's in that four to six rep range. Um, and, and it works quite well. Like, for example, right now I'm doing... Um, uh, back squats five by five. And I'm going to pair that with, um, pull-ups kind of like a fighter pull-up style program, descending sets could be like 12, 11, 10, nine, eight type thing. But that's what I do is I basically do a top set and then I drop a set and that's all I do one day a week, another day a week. I do, um, like a dumbbell chest press type thing and a split squat. And then I'll add in another row variation and a single leg. And that's pretty much what I do. So I do two lifts a day, three days a week. And then I add in some other kettlebell work. And generally it's usually one arm swings, snatches, or iron cardio. And then in addition to that, just a little bit of jujitsu and, and my, my normal getups and my mobility stuff. But um, I keep it simple because what, what I'm using my minimalistic work for right now is um, to stay as healthy as possible. I'm not using it to try to make big strength gains right now. And that's just what I'm focusing on. But you can do both. I mean, you can do a minimalistic program that actually follows wave loading or linear periodization. It just depends on how you need to use it and how many days a week you want to do it, but you can do both. It's just, you have to know what you're doing. And that's when, you know, understanding how to get creative with your programming. Cause if you do the same thing over and over and over again, it's eventually not going to work. So you have to make some changes at some point, but you can get away with it a lot. I mean, uh, even one lift a day. I mean, I, I know some people that have just literally done one lift a day, four days a week, and you get pretty damn strong. Um, it's definitely not going to be the most entertaining workout, but, um, you can get a lot done for sure. But well, a, if you're looking for your, if you're looking to be entertained in your training, you should probably find something else to do. Um, like a sport yeah, <laughs> or, or something to, uh, something else to practice. Um, let's go in the opposite direction for a second. If we're going to talk about minimalistic training, what is non minimalistic training? What is, what's the other end of the spectrum? 
So the other end of the spectrum to me is where you're trying to do everything. And when you break out GPP and you look at, and you know, in the US, GPP became conditioning or Metcons, and that's not, GPP is everything except the special exercises that you would do for your sport. So it's muscular strength, it's muscular endurance, it's power, it's speed, it's uh, flexibility, it's uh, relaxation, it's, it's, it's everything. And one of the things, so when you try to design a program that's going to cover everything, strength, hypertrophy, uh, power, endurance, flexibility, um, body weight skill, relaxation, uh, I, I, I mean, the, the list is so expansive, I'm having trouble even finishing it. So when you try to design a program that does all of that, that to me is the other end of the spectrum from... Yeah from minimalistic training. So you're trying to, you're saying, okay, these, this, these are all the physical attributes. I now must go train all of these physical attributes. And the, and I think we've all been there. And I think if you come out of like a, a, a bodybuilding or a traditional training mindset, if you come out of a bodybuilding mindset, then you're used to doing body part splits. You're used to saying, well, I need to hit this muscle and that muscle. And I need to hit the inner fibers and outer fibers. And I'm going to do this rep range, that rep range. And so there's, there's a lot that gets involved there. And Hey, kudos to bodybuilders. I never, I don't want to do it primarily because of the dietary <laughs> restrictions, but kudos to bodybuilders, hundred percent. It's not what I do. That's not how I prefer to train people. Um, but the mindset coming out of, I need to hit all these body parts. I need to hit all of these fiber types. I need to hit all of this, this section of the muscle, that section of the muscle is also on that end of, you know, the, the anti-minimalist, uh, sort of, uh, mindset. And then you come out of a traditional periodization model and now you're thinking I've got to have my strength phase, my hypertrophy phase, my power phase, my peaking phase, and how am I going to structure these? And it, or do I go conjugate and train multiple factors at once and how am I going to do that? Um, my brain hurts just by trying to go through the anti-minimalist uh, mm -hmm. sort of training. So when you swing over to the other side of the pendulum and you say, okay, this is minimalist training, what you have to accept is transfer and carryover. Um, I don't think you need to train all physical qualities at once. I think you should probably identify the physical qualities that you need to emphasize if you're weak, you need to be strong. If you're strong, but you're not fast, well, then you need to work on power. If you lack endurance, like, okay, you know, you identify an area that you can emphasize and put your emphasis there. You don't need to train everything. You need to train the right thing. And if you'll, if you'll do that, a lot of the other stuff will come along with it. And obviously both of us as strong first instructors and, and things like that. I mean, I, I certainly believe that strength is master quality. And that, um, you know, if it, the more strength you have, um, the more other physical qualities you can, you can develop. And so on that minimalist end of things, if we emphasize strength and we have some power moves, swing snatches, et cetera, um, and we work some of the basics, you can put together a minimalist program that has great transfer and great, and great carryover. Um, so kind of, you know, Dark doesn't mean much without the light, and sometimes identifying what something isn't is is, is a better better strategy. So, um, I mean, I I came through the I need to 
I need to train everything sort of mindset at one point in my career. Um, and now I, I, I have trouble thinking that way. People will be like, well, what's your body part split? I'm like, I don't even know how to answer that question. I haven't, I haven't thought in terms of body parts and yeah. I don't even think in terms of what muscle I'm working. Like, I, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I, I think um, it, it definitely, it has to do with your goals, but I just think, especially the way that you train, um, it's just, it's just different than what a lot of people do. And, and I think that's one of the things that people don't understand is that again, again, it is the, uh, sort of with the iron cardio and, and, and the stuff that you do, it's, it's very much manual labor. It, it's work done over time. And, and that's something that you can't hack that. Like, you know what I'm saying? There are certain things that you can hack, but you can't hack work over time. <laughs> like you just can't, like you can't, there's, you know, when you add up the volume and the total poundage lifted, you just can't like, there's no substitute for that. And, and that's something that I think a lot of people are always looking for, like the hack or the shortcut. And, um, you know, I want to be brutally honest with you. There are no shortcuts. It's, it, it's, um, it, you know, the second someone tells you that they have this hack, um, or, you know, this shortcut, um, it's marketing and, and, and run the other way. But I, I think when it comes to <clears throat> designing programs for people, uh, that are going to be beneficial for them, I, I think it's, it's, you can, the simplest thing to do is honestly, if you do mobility and lift one day and some sort of aerobic training another day, and you just alternate those days, you're going to do pretty good. Like you're going to cover a lot of bases. And you also, if you look at training residuals, you know, what qualities stick around, uh, for the longest strength and the aerobic, aerobic system, you know, according to, you know, training residuals and the work done, um, tour de bompa and, and block periodization, the periodization models, they say that you can maintain those qualities for upwards of a month. Um, I, well, with that being said, here's a caveat. Um, if you've never lifted, <laughs> you're not going to maintain anything. <laughs> um, those, those residuals are for trained individuals, by the way, they're not for people that, you know, started training for, uh, you know, started exercising for six to eight weeks. And then they're like, well, I'm just going to take a month off and everything's just going to stick around. So I can easily take a month off. It doesn't work like that. But, uh, you know, I, I always think about, if I am going to do something minimal, I want it to cover as many boxes as possible. And for me, that's generally mm -hmm. it's strength training, my mobility work and some sort of ANA type of, uh, you know, conditioning. Um, sometimes I go and do a little bit of hill work, but I get my high intensity work from jujitsu. Um, you know, I mean, I get a bunch of glycolytic work from jujitsu. I get a lot of time under tension from jujitsu. I, uh, I get a lot of localized muscular endurance from jujitsu. So those boxes are checked. So what I look at is like, Hey, like what boxes aren't checked from my sport? And that's what my strength and conditioning looks like. Pretty simple stuff. Exactly. Um, and the more, the more you can identify, uh, you know, it's the old, uh, strengthening any link of the chain, but the weakest link doesn't change the chain. Um, so you got to identify where you, where do you need that work and, um, you know, get, get some, some targeted, um, work there and bringing that quality up will probably change two or three other qualities that you never even had to work on. So the, and I, I wouldn't be having this conversation if I'm talking about peaking somebody for the Olympics, right? Um, that's a, that's a different conversation. And as much as people love to look at, well, how does pro athlete X train? Well, you're not pro athlete X. Um, so <laughs> that's good. That's good for them, but, uh, we should probably look at a different routine for you. Um, and to your point of like, uh, you know, just, and just do the work, you know, yesterday, um, 160 total reps within my, within my session. You know, I used to think that, you know, getting to, you know, 50 to a hundred reps in a, in a session was like, 
a big deal. Like now it's like 160 reps and that's kind of a moderate uh, session. I, I can go upwards of 300 or more in a, in a session. And, um, you know, it's, but it's just work over time. It's just do the work. And, um, you know, I just think that a lot of people miss for fear of not covering something. Uh, people try to cover too much. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, you know, do less, but, uh, do more, but do less, uh, would be a, a perfect tag. There you go. Uh, the, uh, the strength gospel, according to Paul Rudd. Um, <laughs> but you know, there, there's another thing too, is, is, uh, you know, so I've been in the world of, uh, of strength and conditioning for, you know, 20 years and I've worked with a lot of collegiate athletes and I can't tell you how many packets of collegiate programs I've gotten. And it is just spreadsheet upon spreadsheet upon spreadsheet. And it's literally like 20 different exercises sometimes in, you know, this one spreadsheet that is, you know, a regular, you know, size of piece of paper, but it's completely filled and you can't, you need a magnifying glass to see what's on it. And uh, I think a lot of the times that stuff gets overwhelming as well, because it's like, you're trying to figure out like, what does all this stuff mean? And, and like, for me, even the way that I did it, like when I deliver programs, it's very, very simple. Like I don't hand them this crazy in-depth spreadsheet with the next year of programming because people aren't going to understand it. So, um, I think simplicity is, is, is huge for people. Um, and the majority of the people, unless you said, like you said, if, unless we're really getting ready for an Olympic event or something huge, it's simple wins and simple works and an effort, uh, and work done over time is going to, is going to yield absolutely the best results. And, um, you know, I think another thing people do, and, and this is a mistake I've made, so I don't know if you made this mistake, Brett, or not, but, um, you know, what I tend to do is like, I tend to look at my program every once in a while and I'm like, I got to try some new stuff. I should be throwing this back in because of whatever reason. And then I do it. And then I realized all along why I took it out to begin with, because maybe my body doesn't like that particular movement or, you know, for example, like, um, heavy deadlifts for me in the last year or two, just with all my, my cancer, you know, chemotherapy stuff, like heavy deadlifts for some reason, just don't feel good anymore. I can do a bunch of swings. I can do lighter stuff. But if I go through like a big, big cycle on heavy deadlifts right now with a barbell, it just does not feel good. And every time I go to do it, I'm like, what, what am I doing? So like, those are the things over time you're going to have to maybe accept. And, and I'm not saying you skip things when things are uncomfortable, but if you found that trying to maybe reintegrate a movement, just it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Maybe it's just not going to work. And that's okay because you can still get fit and strong with exercises that work well with your body. And I think a lot of people force feed exercises because they were told that's the best. I mean, I've had people come in, they think they need to get to the barbell and I'm like, why? Well, cause they read an article or they read a bunch of stuff saying that this is what they needed to do. And I'm like, well, yeah, but that's like, that's, you know, one author's interpretation of what he or she thinks that that doesn't work for you, man. Like, I know you want to do, you know, behind the neck military presses because you read it in an article, but you know, you have no shoulder mobility and, uh, you can't even get your arms above head, never mind a weight. So, um, we can't force feed things. And if you are going to choose exercises and you are going to participate in a minimalistic style program, pick exercises that, you know, you can do well, that don't have negative repercussions, pick the ones that, you know, are going to yield good results. And it's okay to, you know, omit certain exercises and put in other exercises. Cause at the end of the day, like who cares if you're working towards your goal and you're happy and you're injury free, that's a good thing. Um, you don't have to back squat heavy, especially if you've got mileage, you don't have to deadlift heavy or bench press heavy. If it bothers your shoulders. I mean, these are all the things people think you need to do, but you just don't, you just need to find the recipe that works for you. And that's why working with a really good strength coach can make world of difference and, and, 
you know, working towards the, uh, the goals that you have. Definitely. I think it's a Leonardo da Vinci quote that uh, so simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. And uh, it, it does take, and I, I have said for years, and I don't know if it's a quote from somebody or, or, or whatever, but uh, simplicity is purchased at the price of having been through the complexity. Mm-hmm. You have to filter this stuff and, and come out the other side with the essentials. And, um, I, I think that, um, that that's to your point of working with a coach and maybe somebody that's been through the complexity and, and, um, has come out the other side saying, no, you can, you can do something way, way simpler. Um, and you know, I'm, we've been talking about, you know, getting me back up there to film the, the next project for, for strong and fit and, and, uh, the, the concept and, you know, there, there are some things you need to sprinkle in. You know, as much as I'm a, a minimalist, um, every time I take some sort of single leg work out of my routine, I know it. Um, so there, there are these things that you do need to sprinkle in. And that also is the skill of a coach uh, in identifying some, <clears throat> some key areas where you need to keep a little bit of an emphasis. Um, how much? Literally a set or two. Like it, these, these extra things, these spices, uh, I, I have that article on the, the strong first uh, website about uh, spices versus main dishes. And uh, too many people want to, they want to uh, specialize in a spice and miss out on the main dish or, you know, simply overload the body in a certain way that, that, that doesn't, doesn't work. So if it's a spice, use it as a spice and it enhances the flavor it, it it adds to the routine, but it's a it's a small thing to add in. So I'm obviously with iron cardio. Um, you know, I clean, I press, I squat, I snatch. I have some swing days, which I had taken out a little too much. I, I just I get enamored of my next iron cardio session, and then I forget to have a swing day, and I've definitely got to keep my swing days in there. And in an effort to get to my workout quicker, I had deleted a couple of single leg deadlifts and a couple of single leg activities. Um, I got to plug those in and just make sure that I'm maintaining. And, um, you know, to, to your point of the, I added an exercise back in and it didn't have a great result. I'm usually on the end of, well, I'm, I'm too, I stripped too many things away. And then I realized, yeah, I actually, that, those couple sets that that was moving the needle for me, uh, in a, in a positive direction. And, um, I think I joke in the book that I, you know, I'm just, I'm just willing to make mistakes and that's part of training too, right? Like you're, you're going to, um, you're going to add something in that you didn't need. You're going to take something away that you need it. You're going to shift your focus in a direction that maybe you didn't need to go that direction. Um, we're still just talking about swinging a cannonball with a handle on it, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're not curing cancer. We're not putting people on the moon. We're, we're training. This is fun. Like I think in the end, and one of the reasons I come back to a minimalist, uh, st- standpoint on most everything is, um, it's fun. I really honestly enjoy my training and I want other people to find that joy. Uh, in their training and complexity while the perceived value is greater the application is much worse 
how fun is that to think about covering everything? It's awful. <laughs> yeah. It, and you know what, too? I, I think if you've been in this industry long enough and you've coached people long enough, I, I think, and this is, this has been my path and my mistake. I'm not going to speak for you, but there was a time where I was trying to use big words and uh, trying to sound smarter than I really was to, you know, stroke my ego a little bit, maybe try to get ahead a little bit. And uh, I went down some rabbit holes and then I realized that was just a waste of time, but, but it also enabled me to make those mistakes and then learn that, hey, you know what? I can I can simplify a lot of this stuff. And uh, I learned a lot from trying to be something that I'm not and then coming back and going, you know what? I'm going to stick with what works and discard what doesn't. And, uh, you know, I, I think that process of of trying to, you know, get out there and, and uh, again, use the big words and name all the muscles and talk about how people have these dysfunctions and this and that. Like, uh, it, I look back at it now and I'm like, that was such a dumb waste of time. But I learned a lot from that, that process. And I've learned about simplicity and how to take, now what I try to do is I try to take complex information. I try to make it as simple as possible. And uh, if, I, if I can't do it, then I'm not going to use it. And uh, I think for me, one of the things that I try to do now is if I am trying to learn about something in particular, a specific subject, I'm all about let's learn and then let's immediately apply. Because I think what happens is we we gather all this information and then all of a sudden we just don't know what to do with it because we've got a bunch of great information that has no place for the rubber to meet the road. And then you you literally can't, you can't get a true appreciation of, of programming and, and exercise selection and and unless you've done it, I mean, yes, if you understand principles, you can probably write a pretty good hypertrophy program or strength program. But I will say this, um, hands-on experience is, is the greatest teacher. And, uh, you know, if you do a program once or twice and you do it a couple of times or you follow something else, I mean, it's going to enable you to truly understand those nuances of the programming. And then down the road, when you start to design your own programs, you're going to think, oh, I remember this, this, and this. And then you start to design programs based off of the you know, your experiences in general. And uh, that's the beauty of it is uh, if you continue to find ways to learn, um, it's going to be beneficial down the road for sure. Absolutely. And the the application piece is key. I remember when I was there filming Iron Cardio, you're like, what are you going to do for warm-up? I'm like, I'm going to do my warm-up because <laughs> I, I, I'm i not talented enough to make something up uh, for, for, for this particular application. I'm just yeah. going to do what I do. Um, that's it for the for the next product i'm just gonna film what i do yeah <laughs> and and make it uh make it make it applicable and um i think that um it's the complexity is a sexier message um minimalist training two three exercises not a sexy message and so in the in the social media age and and you you, you i I don't know why I have as many followers on Instagram as I have because it's all good I do looks. is, well, I mean, we have to factor that in, but even considering that, uh, um, I, I clean, I press, I squat every now and then it's a snatch every now and then it's a swing. Um, I, you know, it's pretty simple. Um, but I think that consistency um, that's one of the things that, uh, you know, some of the comments that I get are just, you know, 
man, your training's just so consistent. Like, well, yeah, that's, that's the key show up. It's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, just it, it's it, it kind of just have to accept the fact that it's just not as sexy of, of a message and that it's, uh, but it's, but it's the one, um, it's the one people need yeah. because it's way easier just, and you know, you can break it down into like a bunch of people have tried to break it down into the essential movement patterns, right? You squat, hinge, push, pull, carry, um, I, I, whatever, um, people have different lists. Um, but if you look at a simple program like iron cardio, there's, there's a press, there's a pull, there's a squat, there's a, there's power moves. There's, um, yeah, it, 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 it checks a lot of boxes, something simple like you're doing. Um, I'm going to do squats and pull-ups. Great. Like that checks a lot of boxes from a strength training, uh, standpoint. Um, there's, there's ways to do this pretty simply. And I, I think, um, I had a friend of mine that I had introduced to, to iron cardio and his first comment was well, how, how am I, I need to know how not to screw this up. I'm like, how are you going to screw it up? Like if you do a few more sets than you should have one day, you'll be tired and you'll do less the next time. If you did less than you could have done one time, there's room to do more the next time. Like don't stress about this. Just have fun with it. Do the work. And, yeah. Uh, and, and, and understand it's new. You're going to screw up. Just plan on the screw up. Like, like, like it's inevitable it's gonna happen and and look we're not saying you're gonna like have a kettlebell overhead and it's gonna dislocate your shoulder and land on your head and you know fracture your skull open we're not saying that at all but you're gonna make little mistakes and little mistakes are awesome like that's how you yeah. learn you learn those little nuances of what you should and shouldn't do maybe you did too much maybe you know what i'm saying like most of the time it's easy to tell when we've done too much <laughs> If you haven't done enough, yeah. well, usually that reveals itself kind of over time because if you're not making any you know progress, you probably haven't done enough to actually stimulate some sort of uh, response and adaptation. But um, but I mean it's it's a simple message. Um, but uh, even if you are using a minimalistic program, um, you know one thing that I would uh, one piece of advice I would definitely give you is just you know when you are doing minimalistic, if you are going to do squats and you are going to do like a pull up, just make sure that your squats are um, as deep as possible. Um, and use a variation that's good for your body because deep squats are really, really good for you when done correctly. And same thing with pull-ups, you know, take, take yourself through a full range of motion. Uh, don't rob yourself of that because, you know, one of the best ways to maintain ankle mobility and hip mobility and knee health is deep squatting. One of the best ways to maintain overhead mobility, specifically shoulder flexion is by doing pull-ups and hangs. So, I mean, not only does it get you strong, but it's going to, it's going to keep you healthy and it's going to it's going to keep your joints healthy because you are taking them through a full range of motion. And that's one thing that I would say too, is as far as minimalistics is try to get all of your joints through a range of motion, at least once a week, maybe twice. And that's a very, very simple way to, to kind of look at it. Strength cannot be divorced from health. Uh, George Hackenschmidt, uh, I believe um, another favorite strong first quote. And uh, yeah, I think that uh, the health aspect, it has to be prioritized. You know, we've both been in the position of not feeling good. Mm -hmm. And, uh, as I joke, feeling good feels good. So it does. Uh, that is one of my main drivers, uh, at the moment. So, um, uh, just to kind of pull things together, um, don't fear doing too little. 
there was an old Bobby Jones quote, and Bobby Jones was a, a fan of what we would call lag putting, um, and and versus put the ball three feet past the hole is is how some putting coaches and golf coaches will teach. And Bobby Jones said the the ball that ends up three feet short of the hole, we don't know if it would have held its line and gone in. We know the ball that ended up three feet past the hole did not hold its line and did not go in. So if you err on the side of doing a little under or maybe, dare I say, missing a physical quality to train, but you train consistently over time, that will become apparent and you can you can fill that gap. Um, so the, the, the willingness to do more but do less is um, <laughs> um, you know, just a little bit of buy-in little bit of buy-in give it a try um you don't have to train everything train the right thing and um have fun with your training that's all i got that's all i got or you could you know own a gym and be a strength coach for 20 years and just get sick of it and hate exercise like me i'm just kidding i'm sort of not kidding but anyways but to be honest that's why i go to jujitsu because I can get out of the gym and I don't have to be inside the gym. And that's a whole nother conversation, but. Oh no, um, wait a second though. Let's, let's, no, let's, let's key in on that for just a second because uh, one of the reasons I power lifted for a while was I was knocking out 10, eight to eight to 12 sessions a day um, and traveling and teaching and like grinding myself down and mostly kettlebell related. I didn't want to pick up a kettlebell in yeah. my training. That's why I went to the barbell. I was like, yeah. I'm, I'm doing something different. You know, it, it gave me the opportunity to go to a different gym where I, you know, no, nobody was going to pull me aside and say, Hey, Brett, can you answer this question? Um, That's every and, day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> so now that I'm not personal training eight to 10 sessions a day and I'm, I'm my travel schedules decreased and, you know, like going back now, the bells are fun again. And so that's that's a very real consideration for folks, uh, especially if you work in this industry. If you're if you're a fitness professional and you're you're a strength coach and and your whole day revolves around barbell training because that's the focus of of what you do with within your school within your within your gym, you probably want to go do something else at the end of the day. That's fine. Like you're probably proficient enough at that tool to where you can step up any day and demo what you need to and coach what you need to and do what you need to for yourself and your mental uh, clarity and sanity, uh, having something else in the mix that allows you, you to go do something else and defrag the hard drive a little bit is re really important. So like, like I said, for me, um, over the last eight years that I've, you know, eight, nine years that I've changed my, my daily routine, the bells have been a lot of fun to go back to um, there for a while. God, I didn't want to touch a kettlebell. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to, I wanted to lift a barbell and do, do something different. So that's a very real consideration. And, um, you know, the, the best routine is the one that you'll do. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I'm minimalist because again, I, anytime I'm at the gym, like I hate working out at my gym when there's people here, if I can come on a Sunday afternoon and there's no one here, I can. I can actually focus on my lift, but when I'm here, it's like, Mike, uh, there's, uh, there's, you know, th that, that bathroom doesn't have toilet paper in it, or it's just, I can never focus because I'm always, uh, needed sort of elsewhere. And, uh, 
And, and to be honest, that's one of the main reasons why my wife doesn't actually come to the gym in person as much is because when she comes, everybody wants to talk to her and there's nothing wrong with that. But then all of a sudden she's like, I didn't do anything. <laughs> and her being super like, you know, she's just always working. So it's like for her, if she's not like working, she's like, oh, I don't know what to do. But, but I mean, to your point, you're right. It's good to just have a place to, to, to just decompress. And for me, that is jujitsu. It's, it's, see, for me, it's the jujitsu is good for my, good for my soul, but not great for my body. But then I do the strength training so I can continue jujitsu. And it's, that's the God's honest truth right now. So, but anyways, um, look, here's what it boils down to. Keep it simple. Keep it consistent. Um, give it some decent effort and uh, do some work over time. And you're going to be all right. So um, if you want to learn more, uh, Brett's product, iron cardio, um, you can get it on strongandfit.com. Fantastic. Um, fantastic product overall. And uh, it, it really covers pretty much the basics and uh, yeah, that's, that's all I got for today, Brett. Anything you want to close us with, bud? Do more, but do less. Do more, but do less. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you all for listening. We truly appreciate it. Uh, I can't even talk again. We truly, truly appreciate it. If you could do us a huge favor and give us a positive review on whatever platform you're listening to, that would be fantastic. And we'll see you on the next episode. Hey friends, thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, we're going to ask you for a favor. Please leave us some positive reviews. Be sure to subscribe and share with your friends, family, and colleagues. Thanks again for listening to the Minimum Effective Dose Podcast.